hun, it's me, Danielle. I am a licensed clinical mental health counselor, and I'm here to talk about all the ways multi-level marketing and mental health do not mix. It is important to know that this podcast is not meant to diagnose or for treatment. This podcast is based off of personal experiences and opinions, and is meant to educate and entertain. Now sit back and start healing with me on this episode of From Huns to Humans. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Hunts to Humans. I am so excited to have my friend Laura here today, and she's going to tell us about her time with Arbonne. Go ahead, Laura. Thanks. I'm so glad to be here. I actually started in Usborne before Arbonne, so I have two. I started during the pandemic, Mm -hmm. and Usborne Books was probably around... June of 2020 was when I got in my best friend that I had been I had known since elementary school reached out to me she had actually just joined and I think I've previously kind of painted it that you know she wrote me in and I didn't know what was going on but she didn't really know much about it either so Mm -hmm. I just want to keep that in mind because she's out too yeah. <laughs> but I started in a sworn books and then I MLM hopped to Arbon uh at, after a couple months. Was there anything that like happened that like made you switch from Usborne to Arbon? Yes. I I so I started the MLMs mostly because I was in a vulnerable state. I had I had started having chronic pain, back issues, and just difficulties that made it really difficult working my bakery job at the time because I was struggling to lift things and everything. Uh, Then, of course, the pandemic, panorama, (laughs) whatever you want to call it, and all that mental health stress and everything at that time made it really difficult. So I was vulnerable there. And then with the books, I honestly didn't even know it was an MLM. I thought because it was just books and, you know, children's books, it seems so innocent. Right. Right. And then you're, and then you're selling it. And then before you know it, you're, you're inviting every pregnant woman you see and every friend that has kids. And then you start reaching out to friends that don't have kids or you don't know if they have kids because you think maybe they have a niece or nephew maybe they have a dog they want to read to maybe they just want to read it I don't know maybe they could just support me like even though they're just not going to use the book so that it got to the point where I was having these parties and they were parties that they had scripts for everything and it barely allowed me to be creative with it yeah and I was constantly trying to 
find more pool of people to have parties, but the parties were wearing me out, especially with the chronic pain. And they were trying to get me to have more parties and more recruits. And they had an interesting thing where in the parties, they would try to get you to get the host to convert into a recruit. And you had to ask them three specific times because they figured that it would take three times to get them to finally sign up as a consultant under you. That sounds culty. Yeah. And Usborne, you actually don't make anything off of your first five recruits, but you, because you have to bump up to the next rank before you can make any kind of commissions off of them, but they highly enforce the recruiting and you get like these prizes and stuff, monthly prizes for reaching sales and recruiting goals. So there's a lot of stuff in that, but Ultimately, I wanted to, I was still struggling with my chronic pain and health issues. And I thought that maybe switching to Arbonne, I could do, I could do their 30 days to healthy living and it would make me feel better about myself and be able to get better, like chronic pain wise, but also be able to leave my bakery job behind and, and make money and stuff. Also, they had um, products that are consumable. So I thought that I would have more customers coming back because once kids get their books, they've got tons of books and they don't need any more books. So they don't really need another party right away. Right. But yeah, so I, so I switched to Arbonne for that. And initially I told her, you know, I really got burned out on parties with us born. I really didn't want to do too much selling or recruiting. I thought maybe I would just join for the discount and get some nutrition stuff that could help me. And then she's, uh, my upline told me that I should start, you know, showing it off on Instagram and Facebook because I should share in my journey if I'm doing so well with the health. And I lost a lot of weight during the 30 days to healthy living. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of almost want to say that I was, I have had struggles kind of with eating uh, yeah. and eating disorders in the past. And it really was triggering in that time of my life. I know that I once was trying to do a video <laughs> about that past and I broke down and couldn't keep doing it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know that I've ever talked about this on the podcast. I might've talked about it in my episode, but when I was doing Arbon, I like during the time I took an eating disorder training for work and one of the eating disorders that we went over was orthorexia, which I didn't really know that much about at the time. Um, and when I looked at it, I was like, how are we not coaching people into orthorexia? And for anyone that doesn't know, orthorexia is kind of like the obsession with being healthy and like everything has to be like gluten-free and like, not because you're gluten intolerant. It's because you're obsessed with like 
that type of marketing of being quote unquote healthy. Um, so it's like the obsession and the overdoneness of healthifying stuff, if that makes sense. Um, if you want to learn more, definitely go and look it up because I'm just trying to make it a relatable little definition here, but um, 30 days to healthy living is 100% disordered eating. Um, not like not everyone that does it is going to emerge with an eating disorder, but it's definitely a disordered eating pattern. Yeah, exactly. And I have heard of orthorexia. It's a lot of this fad diet culture and the pressures on our society to look and feel a certain way and make yourself healthy. But I think it's also a lot into the emotional aspect of trying to fit in with the popular girls, in a sense, for lack of better word. And when you are breaking down the 30 days to healthy living, you're eating a shake in the morning, a protein shake, like for lunch. And then you are, you have one meal at not like in the evening, but it takes out everything. It's vegan, gluten-free, sugar-free, all the different things that you're counting calories for and doing such a very strict dieting culture that it's, it makes it very hard, especially even if you aren't suffering an eating disorder, Mm -hmm. going through that and you're trying to sell this opportunity or sell or try to get people to sign up for your 30 days to healthy living, try to sign up for your group. I know we even had like a, a, (laughs) kind of laugh at this, but we had like some sort of gimmick where we were trying to sign people up for like a booty blaster workout kind of thing (laughs) and like have a, have a group where we do squats and, and stuff just to try to get people to, uh, purchase our products because they would have to purchase in order to be added to the group or something. Right. Right. Oh, so many, like, cringy sales tactics when it comes to health and wellness companies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, so so that's just a really hard thing. I was like looking at the scales and stuff like that. But I was also going through all of the health issues and nobody could give me an answer for what was happening in my body. So that was weighing a lot on my mental health. And then on top of that, I was sending out a bunch of those, Hey girl, copy and paste messages. And I was getting either ghosted or quick responses. No, no, thanks. I was getting some people trying to be polite and beat around the bush. And I didn't always get that they were just politely trying to find a way to say no without actually saying it. And so I got a lot of that. The I did manage to recruit for a VIP customer, my a really close friend of mine. He's still a, a really close friend, but he wanted to help me by help me get some of my money back for what I invested. But and he didn't really tell me that, but he he wanted to purchase things just to support me. 
But what I found out later was that it was really enabling me to continue further. And I think that's just, in my opinion, I just think that's a really important thing to highlight. Yeah, it is because, you know, I think that, and they tell you to go for your warm market. And like the thing that stinks about this is that it's all products that no one really needs. And if you do need them, there are things that you can buy at the store. Like you don't need to spend $30 on a probiotic. I mean, there are $30 at, there are probiotics at the store that I'm sure are $30, but like, you don't have to get that one. If you don't want to, you can get whatever one you want. Yeah. And Arbon and a lot of the other MLMs have it. The prices are so outrageous because they have to pay everybody's uh, commissions in the, in the pyramid. Yeah, exactly. And it just ends up adding up so quickly that like, you know, when you're in the MLM, you're like, okay, like a $200 order. All right. So you buy like four things and then you're at $200 and it's all just like stuff that sits on your counter unless you're religiously using it. <laughs> yeah, I still have I still have Arbon. I have the Fistics. I have some of the pre-workout and post-workout stuff. Oh, I have I'm yeah. probably just going to trash it at this point because it it has a shelf life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of, I struggle too, because even just looking at it, like affects my mental health. Like I've saved some of it. Cause I'm like, Oh, well, what if I can make a funny TikTok with it or whatever? Um, some, I like kind of you like saved some for like prop wise, but I like, don't want to give it to people because I don't want anyone to end up liking it and then going to buy it. <laughs> And I don't want to donate it because I'm like, okay, like I don't want to donate these products that I don't believe in. And I feel bad throwing it away because part of the reason I was even roped into Arbon was because I liked that they appeared to be so environmentally conscious. It's such a struggle. Yeah, I did that recently, actually. I made a a reel with my with some of my Arbonne stuff and threw it in the air because I recently, my upline recently found out that I was doing anti-MLM content. I didn't, I didn't say anything for a while on my Facebook because I was so afraid to mm-hmm. have them find out. But then I finally just was like, rip off the bandaid. And then she comes after me complaining that they that the business gave me so much and that I should be so grateful for how generous and and awesome they were or something and then and then she blocked me good riddance (laughs) bye-bye go hang out in your echo chamber (laughs) yes Uh, yeah it's so funny I remember you messaging me I think or we were either talking on one of your posts or we were talking in messenger and we were talking about how she was messaging you. And I was like, Oh, just, Oh, I, I felt so bad because, you know, I could tell that you were 
upset about it because you know our content isn't meant to hurt people it's not meant to hurt people's feelings and I know that that's not your intent and it, it doesn't I don't even feel like that could come I get why Huns get offended by our stuff because they see the business as part of their personality so we're attacking their personality when you attack the business model but like I don't think anything that you do is cruel or mean and it just stinks like seeing those mean messages is hard. I think they see it as a personal attack for sure when the MLM and the person are intertwined yeah. so much. It, it, it blurs the lines. It becomes their identity, in my opinion. That's how they get so roped in. And then if we are calling out the MLM structure, they have a problem with that. The difference with my upline is that I have talked about her on my channel and I worried that maybe she saw a specific video where I'm calling out some of the things that she did. I don't name her, but, and I'm calling out the behavior, but at the same time, it feels more personal when it's somebody that you got recruited into and she wasn't she was an acquaintance but I knew that she did Arbon, and I thought that so I actually went to her mm-hmm. which is a little bit different but I think that's something that's going on a lot now with MLMs is this attraction marketing style where they're trying to bring people to them But I think that's sometimes even like just a sketchy in a different way. I totally agree. And I think that's why they try to paint the lifestyle so much like, oh, well, I bought this coffee because of Arbonne or, oh, like I have this car because of Arbonne and I have this because of Arbonne and I'm, and we're all going to wear these hats and have this boho outfit. And like, we're all going to look the same and wear our hair curled and like wear the makeup and all this stuff. It like it's very like visually appealing to us to look at them and be like, I want that. Like, look at how pretty and how nice their life is. And, oh, I can get that by just joining Arbon. Okay. Oh my gosh. That just reminded me when I was talking with my upline, I was really con- starting to get concerned because my friends outside of the MLM were not understanding of my business. And I say that my business air quotes, because that's kind of my mindset around that. And so I was asking them, you know, what do I do about these quote haters? Yeah. (laughs) And they said how, Oh, just, just ignore them. Just block them. They won't be laughing when you get your Mercedes. And that's what they told me. I, I took that and I ran with it. And the next day I was searching in a magazine and I found a white Mercedes in the magazine that I was looking at. And I told them, this is a sign. (laughs) This is a sign that I am going to pin it on my vision board. And I am going to get that Mercedes when less than 1% gets that Mercedes. Yeah. And, and even so they don't actually get the Mercedes. They get the bonus towards the car but if they don't meet the eligibility every month then they don't 
get that. So I just thought it was an interesting thing because they're like telling this story like, oh, the haters and all your family and friends, they'll understand once you get the lifestyle of stuff around you. But in reality, I don't even know how these people afford the Mercedes because of all of the inventory loading that we see. Like so much money goes back into the business. And like, I mean, even just between me and you, like we both have extra products still. And how long have you been out? I got out probably around October, November of 2020. I started my YouTube channel December 2020. So right around just before, like just before that. Okay. Yeah. So you've been out for quite a bit of time. I got out over the summer. So like June-ish of 2021. And like we both still have product in our house. Um, so like that alone speaks to how much product there is that you're holding on to. So for yeah. people that are in and up there and buying their ranks through their product, oh gosh, I can't. <laughs> I when I was in it, I went to a virtual convention because they it was virtual because of the times. Yeah. And I went to the convention and they had this revolutionary new skincare product that has Bakuchiol, which is a vegan alternative to retinol. And it's supposed to be this magical thing. And my upline and everybody convinced me that I needed because consultants would get a lot of bonus perks if they bought two sets of it. You have to buy two sets and then you get all these little extras. Mm-hmm. I think there was a f- couple fistics you could get too. Uh, yeah, you could get the orange. The blood the orange. The blood orange, yep. Yes. Like limit of three. And then there was like the face roller. Yep. I can't remember all the things, but I ended up spending, I don't know, like, I want to say like a few hundred dollars at least on that. I I probably spent close to $500, $400. I don't know. Yeah, sure. no. I, but, I had to get somebody. I was, that was right around when I joined and I had to get somebody else. Like I had to get one of my friends. I was like, are you going to buy the skincare set? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, I'll buy it through my account. That way we can get blood orange. <laughs> And that was exactly. how I got it because I couldn't afford to get two skincare kits. I had just but, bought the original one, the the other one in the brown containers. But consultants are not the customers. Oh, remember? No, they're they're not no. the customers. That even <laughs> though you can only get the blood orange special fistics through consultants and you get all these bonus perks if you buy two sets and those sets like my upline convinced me you need two sets because you need one for yourself to enjoy and then one to sample out to people so then you would like buy these little uh sample jar things and send them to people yeah that's that's what they told me and I still have an entire set of that because I don't know what to do with it. I don't want to throw it out because it's so much money's worth, but but at the same time, it's like, I don't know what to do with it. It haunts me. 
the thing that I've been really holding on to is the skincare set because it was so expensive. So I'm like, I feel like I need to use it or at least make a good effort to try and use it. Um, I threw out one, I threw out the old set and then I just am working through the Bakuchi all set. And I'm just like, and I use it. And I'm like, is this even doing anything? Like, I don't believe in the products anymore. So I'm just like, I'm just rubbing garbage on my face. <laughs> Maybe maybe it's a bit of a grief thing holding on to what you the idea that you lost the idea of the dream that yeah. you lost and I didn't want to be rich I just wanted to be able to leave my physically demanding job yeah and be able to start anew exactly and they they hone in on that yeah so um I think that before when we were offline we talked a little bit about how um like your physical uh stuff affects like was affected by Arbon or how Arbon tried to use that in your life. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so I've been dealing with the chronic health conditions and back in October of 2020, I started having difficulty even walking. So there was a lot, there's a lot going on with my fatigue levels and I wouldn't be able to always do the parties and do the things. So I would have to like slow down and take a break. And they actually did kind of honor that they like I was still part of the groups and stuff but they knew that I was kind of taking a step back from working the business as much but they also wanted me to like use the products and and they would always say how I was glowing because like I would use their moisturizing type of skincare thing. And, and I ended up talking about it on a wellness Wednesday, like on video talking about the product and how awesome it is they, they tried to like, I guess they tried to rope me in a little bit with the chronic pain aspect of telling my story because I'm going through so much and that in the mental health, they wanted me to spin that story, like in terms of recruiting. So I would incorporate that into my messages to people about how much healthier a journey I'm going on and how much, how better I feel. And the truth was that I might feel better in spurts of moments because of the I guess because of the love bombing because they made me feel special and I was like kind of seeing things with rose-colored glasses whenever I would try the products I would get excited or something and I might feel better for a short period but they were trying to get me to use that in my storytelling for kind of like my why you know how you have to write 20 reasons why you're doing it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, so they incorporated that a lot. And I know that before when we were offline, I told you about my mental health struggles. 
Yeah. So that was playing a lot when I was going through being in the MLMs because there was so much pressure to recruit and to make money with, with it and to show it off and everything like that. So I confided in my upline because you think that they're like your best friend or something like that. You think that it's a community and you can tell them anything. And I confided in her that I was struggling and that I started seeing a counselor again, a licensed therapist, because my mental health was taking a toll. And she took that to decide, hey, have you talked to him about Arbon? Have you told him, like, have you, why don't you bring him samples of our teas? Like you can put the teas in his waiting room because he has uh, teas and stuff like that. Maybe even fistics, I don't know. And then you can like put the, the hand soaps and stuff in the bathroom, just like replace all that stuff and get him on board. And I'm like, I'm thinking that is a boundary that that's something that I wouldn't cross. Yeah. But at the same time, if I was in a certain place, because if I was in further in the mindset shift, I might have agreed with her because it gets stronger the longer you're in it and everything. Well, but at I the mean, time I felt, yeah, no, go ahead. But at the time I felt like it was just really a boundary issue. Oh, totally. And like, you know, I can see where, um, like maybe I, I don't know her or like her life or her struggles and maybe she's never been to therapy before, but like, I can see why, like, you know, you're like, oh, well share it with your hairdresser and share it with like, you know, share it with everyone. Like, so I can see where like, you're like, oh, like somebody that you're meeting with regularly, why wouldn't you share with them? But like for people that like, don't realize that like, this, like the whole point of therapy is that there's this single relationship and it's therapy client and there's no dual relationship. So adding in Arbon makes it a dual relationship because like, it's unethical for a therapist to buy products from their client. Exactly. And when I told her how I felt about that, she's told me, well, my doctors and therapists are my clients. And I'm, I said, do you not see something wrong with that? Because it changes the dynamic of things. If they're your clients and you're their clients, what's going on? So I, that was actually around the time that I left because yeah. I had started dabbling into anti-MLM. Yeah. Actually, it's funny. I came across Kiki Chanel's channel and a video and I got really, really angry because I thought, wow, these, these, these are the haters that keep, you know, leaving me horrible messages and stuff like that. Really the horrible messages were that they were saying that the MLM is a pyramid scheme and stuff like that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> But that was happening and I totally lost the train, my train of thought. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no, like you were saying that you were getting, um, were people messaging you telling you to leave your MLM? 
No, they were more like messaging me back, telling me that oh. it's a, a pyramid scheme or something. And actually, this is something I haven't said in any anything before, but when I was working in the bakery, they had this they had this thing in the break room that was like a chalkboard and you could write pretty much anything on there, like uh, classified ads or if you have like something to sell or anything like that. And it's not, it's not against the rules. It's like allowed. So I put up about having a, an Arbonne happy hour or something. And then somebody wrote in chalk above it that it's a pyramid scheme. And I got so upset about it and erased it and said, no, it's not. And it's just, it took a really hard mental toll hearing that so much. So I actually... I started dabbling into anti-MLM and disliking it, but I was, and hitting the dislike button, but I was also curious why people, why so many people had a problem with it. It, I didn't understand, like if it was, if it was just one bad review or a couple people, I would be like, okay, they're just haters. But then I started really looking at it. And I think that's, that's what you need to do in order to get out of it. I think is to really start questioning what is around you and do research from every side. Well, I remember when I was in, I would justify like the, like the Google searches and stuff. I'd be like, well, of course, anyone that has anything bad to say always screams about it. Like nobody ever, like, you know, how often do you go on something and you see a really great review? I think more and more now we're seeing people leave good reviews for like restaurants or whatever. But like, I was like, oh, well, like everyone that gets like angry about one thing leaves a bad review, like whatever. Like I think of the South Park, like Yelp episode. I don't know if you're familiar. (laughs) I'm a Yelper and I'll leave you a bad Yelp review. Like that's what I thought of when people would talk about it. And I was just like, whatever. (laughs) yeah yeah exactly it's this cognitive dissonance Mm -hmm. you're you're thinking well everybody leaves a bad review because they're just passionate about it like if you're if you're having a good time with something you're not gonna leave you're more than likely not going to leave a review if if it's just kind of a natural like normal thing if it's super, super great, you might leave a review, but usually the reviews are for like negative things. Right. And that's kind of their thought pattern and, and our thought pattern when we were in it. But then you start to look deeper and you notice that a lot of people are having these bad experiences and bad reviews. And actually something that was pivotal for me was coming across a, I don't know if you're familiar with this YouTuber, probably not because you don't watch a lot of YouTube, (laughs) but there's not the good girl. I've heard of, I've heard of her. Yeah. Yeah, She, she does really long and detailed and informative documentary and interview style videos. And I just randomly came across her one day and it was a, an interview with a Jane Doe for the top 1% of Arbon. Wow. And this person walked away from the top 1% with 
because she noticed all the sketchy stuff and she couldn't deal with it anymore. And watching that interview really opened my eyes a lot. So I think the anti-MLM community is super important, but I also think that when you're in an MLM, it is really hard to break free from that thought process. I totally agree. And I, I, I feel like the way that we have to like think about anti-MLM community is that the content really isn't for people in MLMs. We know that they can't hear what we're saying. Um, you know, some, you know, it's great when we get the messages from the people that's like, oh my God, because of your videos, I like stopped. Like, but I feel like those are more rare. And I often get messages that are more like, I just left and then I found you and I'm so glad I did. And I'm like, that's fantastic. Like you are exactly who I'm looking for. (laughs) Yeah, it it can be awareness more than ML trying to educate MLMers. Yeah, it can be interesting. Like I've, I've only been doing content for a year and I know a year may seem like a long time, but there was a lot of, of stuff happening with that. And I think that MLMs, they, they, they get their grip in you. So I haven't really gotten a whole lot of comments about people leaving MLMs because they see what I see Mm -hmm. and everything like that. But it is great when you get those and I'm hoping to get some of those, but I also know in reality, and I had to learn this kind of the hard way, which I'm not really going to talk about in this, but it's just like some mental health stuff with my family, you, you can't fix people. They have to be willing to step away. And I think it's just really important though, with my story that I came across anti-MLM when I was starting to question things and it helped to bring more education and awareness to my discovery of what's right and what's wrong and where that line is drawn where those red flags are. And that helped me to realize with the boundary issues of my therapist and that. It sounds like you watching the anti-MLM content, um, it helped you to like make some cracks in the, in the facade. Yes. And I think it's interesting. I think that the anti-MLM content can be really helpful for people that might be about to start an MLM and don't know what it is. So that they can be like, oh, this might not be right to do. And that would be really great if they can just avoid it altogether. The further along you're in an MLM, I think, is it makes it harder. And I wasn't in, I wasn't in either MLM for very long. I was only in them for a few months. I MLM hopped, which is something we commonly see because you think that it's not the structure you think yeah. it's just that MLM yeah we're it's either just that MLM or the products weren't like a good fit for you or oh uh, there are so many excuses that we make right yeah when I joined Arbon, she's like oh yeah we're we're the best MLM we're not like any of the other MLMs we're really good Right. And we're a really supportive community. 
you just got to find the right one and you'll be set. But that's, that's the lies we tell ourselves. Right. Yeah. I was told that Arbonne is totally different because their compensation plan is shaped like a square instead of a triangle. (laughs) (laughs) It is not even about the shape. I actually say this a lot in my videos is that it's not about the shape. It's about the recruitment aspect because when you're recruiting a lot of people, it kind of forms a pyramid, you know, from the top to the people that recruit people and then the people that keep recruiting people. So that's where the pyramid comes from in pyramid scheme. It's the recruitment aspect. The shape can be whatever shape. And they like to throw in about how all the companies are like structured as a pyramid. But the, like, if I join, like, if I go work at Target, I'm not going to be, I'm going to be compensated for the work that I do and I'm going to get benefits. Right. But I'm not going to have to recruit more people. Absolutely. Right. Is there anything else that you want to add to your story? I I don't know because <laughs> it seems like every time every time we talk in any aspect, it's like there's always something new that comes up because there's so much to dive into yeah. with with these types of situations. So Um, I would just say that if you're, if you've been struggling because you were in an MLM and you feel like you've been taken advantage of, you feel vulnerable because, or you feel like used, you feel like you've been used. There's, I feel like this community is a much more authentic way like coming into this, it's helped me so much. It helps you to finally really see yourself. So there's, there's power in that. And they talk about empowering women. And I think, you know, it's obvious that MLMs are not empowering women. We see it because it's actually degrading women. (laughs) And when you step away from that, you can start your journey to healing. And I think that's, where someone like you, Danielle, (laughs) come in to help with that. Or me, if I get my master's degree. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, you know, there's just something to be said with being able to share your story. And, you know, you don't, you don't have to have your master's degree to help people share. And I think that's what's so great about the anti-MLM community is that like, we really do amplify the voices that we're hearing across the board. I mean, like, obviously, like I have this podcast, which is like solely focused on that, but like, even you, like, you know, you get people that comment on your stuff and I'm sure that you help to make that into content that, you know, you, you share people's stories, you're sharing the information that you're getting from other people and not just your own experience. And that's so powerful and it's so helpful. Yeah, I really hope to do more of that. I actually haven't been getting a lot of people sending me stories yet. Yeah. But I do I do put it out there and I would love to share 
people's stories if if they have them and want to share them on my channel that would be really good yeah because I so think we any, all have a story yeah if anyone's listening and like and it doesn't matter if you're listening and you've been on my podcast or you have been on somebody else's podcast I'll say it a million times share your story as many times as you want to and because every time you share, it's going to feel so good. And you're going to heal a little bit more in a little bit of a different way. And also you're going to um, share with people like everyone that's on my account isn't on your account and vice versa. So like, you know, you hear different stories and different things resonate with different people. And like, don't think that just because you shared once that you're not going to be helpful anymore. Um, or maybe like, you don't like to like talk on podcasts, but you would love to write Laura a email or a message that says your story and she can read it on her channel. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> we all have different ways that we can help people. So don't be shy and reaching out. Um, but Laura has an awesome Instagram account and a YouTube channel. Um, are you on TikTok too or just Instagram? I'm on TikTok, but I mostly have been posting on Instagram. I really do need to make some TikToks. So you can, you can check me out there, but I'm more active on Instagram and YouTube. Yeah. And I'll um, link all of those in the show notes, but do you want to like say your handles and like what your accounts are called? So that way people can find you if they don't look. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my Instagram is at Laura MB, but it's spelled with a E-M in the middle and B-E-E, but you can yeah. link that for yeah. them. And my YouTube channel is Laura B. Nice. And then my final podcast question is, what is your anti-MLM why? <laughs> my anti-MLM why? Oh my goodness. Cause they always have so <laughs> many whys for Harvon and stuff. My anti-MLM why is because I know what it's like to feel scammed and taken advantage of, especially when you're vulnerable and in a lot of pain and they're offering this awesome solution that is highly unachievable. <laughs> so my why is just to just help spread awareness so that people can be educated and, and help them get out. I don't know. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. I mean, like that's, that's what we want, right? Is we want to help one, even if it's just one person that we help not join an MLM, that's fantastic. That's one person that we saved from a scam. My why is to make a difference in the way that I can in sharing my story and my experience to help others avoid MLMs. And I think we all have different experiences that we can contribute, different backgrounds. So each creator adds their own spin to what they are interpreting right. from everything. Yeah, so. absolutely. And like, you know, I also think it's interesting too, because like you do the commentary videos on YouTube. And I think that everyone, although like all of us have like the same like kind of core belief of like MLMs are bad, you know, when you hear something versus somebody else hears something, 
like there are going to be different things that hit different chords for people when like you're reacting to an MLMers content. Like somebody might listen to it and be like, oh, like this really bothered me. And then you might listen to it and be like, but did you notice this? <laughs> like, did you notice this whole part right here? Um, that is super problematic. So I think it's really great that what you're doing and like pointing out like all of these problems that ML, like when you're in an MLM, you say all of these things that are just not true. Um, and you're taught all of these fake statistics and you talk about them like they're real. So it's awesome when you guys can go in there and be like, these are not true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes when I'm recording a video, I have to remind myself not to talk about every single aspect that I see, because if I did, it would be like a 20 hour video. (laughs) It's like, I could take one point that they say and make it into a really long thing because there's just so much to digest about the misleading false information that's out there. Right. They're just doing so much girl bossing and gaslighting and gatekeeping that we just can't keep up (laughs) with debunking it all. Exactly. We'll never run out of content because they keep adding more for us to do. (laughs) All right, everyone. Laura, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited to have you and to like finally have gotten to like sit down and like chat. Um. But anyways, if anyone wants to join the Discord group, that is linked down below. Also, my TikTok and my Instagram are linked down below. And I'll also link Laura's. And yeah, I hope everyone has a fantastic night. And goodbye.